ladies and gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lock by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl. Sir Charles Boniface, managing director and chairman of British United Plastics, the mail awaiting him on his desk each morning is full of surprises, none of which he likes. He has two methods of dealing with his correspondence, buying it in the waste paper basket or get some other idiot to answer it. And this way he can maintain his proud boast that he can deal with it all in five minutes. However, every now and then an envelope appears which intrigues him, and it receives the honour of his personal attention. There's one of those waiting for him this morning. Come in. Good morning, Sir Charles. How are you? Oh, that's odd. Where are you? Oh! <laughs> Got you. Sir Charles, it's hardly dignified for a man in your position to lurk behind doors waiting to pounce on ladies what it was you just pounced. Oh, possibly not, Edith. But if I sit behind my desk, I can't reach your pounce upon. <laughs> not what I meant. Supposing somebody else had come in. Well, if it had been another woman, I'd have given her a quick pat on her pounce upon as well, you know. Yes, you would have done too. Here's the morning mail for you. All right, let's get started then. Voice of a basket, Mr. Frank. Voice of a basket, Mr. Benson, Mr. Frank. Voice of a basket, voice of a basket. You don't even open them. Well, of course not. If I did, I might end up reading them and answering them, you ninny. But how do you choose the ones for the waste paper basket? Well, I don't like the look of their postmarks, you know. They come from places where I've had a rotten time. <laughs> they might be important. Well, then whoever sent them should have moved to a place where I didn't have a rotten time. Now, stop chatting me up, Edith. I shall lose my place. Sorry. Mr. Frank, where's the basket? Hello? Move envelope. Hmm. Perfumed. Ladies' handwriting. Marked urgent. Oh. I uh, take it that you're going to answer that one. Not likely. I'll give that one to poor old Coggins and frighten the life out of him. <laughs> <laughs> if it's from whom I think it's from and says what I think it says, the daft old trit will probably drop dead. Charming. Or, oh, of course, at his age, be terribly proud. <laughs> what else is left? Why somebody else can't deal with all this ghastly muck beats me? Oh, with respect, Sir Charles, you don't deal with it. You only sort it. Good morning, Father. Have you finished not dealing with your mail? Yes, Frank, yes. Then hard luck you haven't. This one was just delivered by hand. Waste of a basket. I don't really think so. Why not? I mean, if the fools can't even afford a stamp, why should I read the blasted thing? <laughs> because it happens to have come from the embassy of the USSR. Hell, hell. Which of their lot did I upset at the last trade fair? You upset all of their lot, actually. But I imagine that has blown over by now. I don't think it has, Merivale. I just remember what I did. Whatever was that? Well, he started by patting rather too many Ninotskas on their what's her name. <laughs> and unfortunately, the last three what's her names belong to the wives of members of the diplomatic corps. Hardly my fault. I mean, they should wear badges or something. On their what's the name? <laughs> well, why not a little flag that says Niet or Da? Just to, just to let you know if they were comipetable. <laughs> you got that out of a cracker last Christmas. I remember it. Yes, I remember it too. I think I should have kept the paper hat and the little tin whistle that wouldn't blow instead. So do I. Now, are you going to open this letter or not? Well, I suppose I'd better hand it over here. 
Trust them to use red sealing wax. Look at it. <laughs> now then. Hang on, here we are. Dear Sir Charles Boniface, we will be interested in hearing if your polysthumor material would be suitable for your quotation to be received not later than well that's not so bad is it? How the blazes would we know? You left out all the spicy bits. It's quite straightforward. These Russian idiots want to know if we can make tents out of polystumor. Ah, well I suppose we could. Uh, how many do they want? 500,000. Stone me. Is the whole of Moscow going for a jolly workers' camping holiday? No, I, I imagine they're for the Red Army, you clot. Well, in that case, Sir Charles, we shall have to get export permission from the Board of Trade. Oh, really? Oh, well, it was a nice order while it lasted. <laughs> By the time we get permission from one of Harold's hopefuls, the youngest recruit in the Red Army will have retired as a comrade general. You know, there was that Mr. Stokes. He came here to see the tires of the polystumer speedboat. Perhaps he could help. What, that is... Are you potted that Mr. Stokes? I remember him. Well, that little twit would stand in the rain for hours waiting for a memo in triplicate saying that he could unroll his blasted umbrella. Possibly, but at least he knows us. All right, you've convinced me. You can go and see the fool. That was coming a mile off. And let me know what a complete and utter waste of time it was afterwards. I don't think Mr. Stokes will keep you much longer, Mr. Boniface. I suppose I couldn't help at all, could I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely positive you could. <laughs> but not here. I see. Are you by any chance a relation of Sir Charles Boniface? I'm his son. I thought I recognized the technique. <laughs> Just so long as you haven't got your father's other funny little habit, it will... <laughs> <laughs> Once a Boniface, always a Boniface. <laughs> Must be hereditary... They ought to give your family tablets or something. We prefer the complaint to the cure. Uh, how long will Mr. Stokes be away? He'll be back any minute. Now, don't panic. Bonifaces are like lightning. They rarely strike in the same spot twice. Oh. I just wondered where our junior guardian of the nation's trade had sloped off to this time. I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Oh. Top secret, is it? Couldn't be helped. Queue for the tea trolley lady gets longer every day. Care for a bun? From the look of it, no thank you. Mm. I think you're right. Debbie, file it under internal sales rejects. Pardon? Waste bin. <laughs> now then, what's all this old guff about some deal with rough kids? Uh, they may want us to supply them with 500,000 polished tumor tents. Uh, we presume they must be for the Red Army, of course. Oh, tricky. Military equipment and all that... I may have to consult the big fella on this one. What, Harold? Hardly. Well, the, the big fella can't be Barbara, surely. Although <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I meant my immediate boss, actually. There's just a chance he might agree because of the American bid. American bid? What American bid? Oh, we don't miss everything that's going on here, you know. Quite a bit. But not everything. <laughs> uh, just a minute. What American bid are you talking about? Oh, didn't you know? American Chemical Industries are bidding for these tents as well. What? 
But surely the American government wouldn't supply the Russians with military equipment? Oh, they declassified them, old man. They put them under the heading of prefabricated housing. <laughs> and that's not on the list of banned exports, of course. You've got the picture. I leave it with me, old man, and I'll see if our lot will agree to the same fiddle. Nice to see you again. <laughs> All right, this is a board meeting, so Sir Charles does the chatting. Thank you, that's better. I'd hate to have to shout. It's against my nature. Now then, gentlemen. Uh -oh. oh, well, if you insist. Now then, gentlemen, and Edith. Uh -oh. Oh, now then, Edith and gentlemen. Thank you. May I continue? Please do. How gracious. Daft old bat. <laughs> Now then, gentlemen, uh, Edith and gentlemen, I have called this board meeting to discuss. Um, uh, now you see what you've done, you cantankerous old dimwitch. I've forgotten what the hell we're here for now. To discuss the situation of the Russian inquiry for polysumer tents and the American offer for the same order. That's it, turned blasted efficient on me now that we got your own way. Typical of women, isn't it? Gorgeous on the outside and nothing going on inside. Sir Charles. Did the Russians specify they wanted these tents made of polystumor? Yes, Mr. Benson, they did. <laughs> then, as polystumor is a British United Plastics patent, how can American Chemical Industries, Inc., be tendering for the work? An interesting point, Mr. Benson. I intend to get to the bottom of it, even if it takes me until opening time. There speaks a desperate man. <laughs> Shut up, you. I, I very much fear that it looks to me, gentlemen. Uh -oh. oh, Lord. I wish you didn't have to be here to take notes. It looks to me, Edith and gentlemen... Thank you. Not at all. It looks to me, <laughs> and gentlemen... <laughs> now, instead of standing on your protocol, perhaps you'll sit on it. Don't you worry, I will. Yes. As I was saying, all of you, <clears throat> it looks to me as if British United Plastics are suffering from a nasty attack of sabotage. <laughs> That'd go further. It could be treason. And the first person to say, ours oh, not to treason, why gets it right in the mush? <laughs> or elsewhere. Uh, Father, you're not seriously suggesting that one of us, the board of directors, could possibly have sold out to a competitor, surely. Well, certainly not. I'm merely saying that somebody here must have done it. I know bloody well it wasn't me. <laughs> and you have the brass nerve to accuse politicians of double talk. In any case, you're completely wrong. The Americans are quoting for these tents in a material of their own. It's called, um... Go on, go on. I have a feeling this is going to be positively peachy. It's not bad. It's called, um... Plasty Stuff. <laughs> plasty Stuff. Oh, Columbus shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> Only those pre-packed, pre-frozen, pre-digested, pre-boneheaded twits could have thought up a ghastly name like that. Plasty Stuff. Oh, I don't know. It's very scriptive. It means it's 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 plastic, and it's it's <laughs> stop. Well, thank you for that contribution. <laughs> One more comment like that, Edith, and I'll give you another pat on your protocol. <laughs> Mr. Frank, does this uh, plastic stuff resemble polystumor at all? Offhand, I'd say only. Completely. I told you, somebody here has nicked our formula. Oh, that's not possible, Sir Charles. Not possible? Looking around at you lot, I'd say it's flaming well likely. Oh, but American Chemical Industries, Inc., wouldn't dare. 
We'd only have to check with the patent office, and if they have infringed our patent, we could sue them for everything they've got. What a damn good idea. Let's. <laughs> now. I've already tried that one. Unfortunately, Plastisup differs very slightly from Polystuma. In what way? It's different. <laughs> yeah, if we sued them for infringing our patent, we'd lose everything we've got. That's delightful. I, I fail to see why you're being so blasted smug about it, Frank. And if we don't sort this mess out, the board are all for the chop with the shareholders. We are the shareholders. Yeah, and I hold most of the shares. So take it from me, you're all for the chop. Oh. Now, isn't that all? I always thought that the last to leave the sinking ship was the captain. Not until he's knocked seven kinds of brick dust out of the rats who are trying to leave first. <laughs> What's the uh, present situation with the Board of Trade, Sir Charles? Could we supply the Russians with these tents anyway? That I can tell you, Mr. Benson, yes. <laughs> we can. Well, that's something. It is. According to Her Majesty's government, it's quite in order for us to supply 500,000 polyblasted tumor tents to the Red Army because they've now been classified as agricultural outhouses. <laughs> that simply must have come from the big fella. The big fella? Well, that's what Stokes called him, actually. You don't mean, you don't mean him. The one who's dropped us all in the agricultural outhouse. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Stokes, immediate good morning, sir. I trust you had a good journey. What a lovely day, sir. And here's your coffee and dilapidated bun, sir. Oh, him? Well, I don't know how you pulled it off, but for once we got an answer from the idiots and in our favour. I gather, Father, that statistically speaking, the board feels the trade would be advantageous. Yes, I bet they do. All we've got to do now is compete with practically our own product. Yes, and I still want to know who blew the gap. Somebody in the boardroom must have told American Chemical Industries, Inc. how to make polystumor. We're the only people who know all the ingredients. Mind you, there are a few of them that most of us would prefer to forget, particularly the four tons of rotting... Quite, quite. <laughs> we all know what it's made of, thank you. Uh, and so do those blasted Americans by now. Right, we quote for those tents in the usual way. At the same time, I'm going to get some idiot to find out which of you's got a sideline in industrial espionage. Oh, hell. 007 strikes again. <laughs> One more and he will. Better make it 008. Oh, <laughs> Meeting adjourned, but nobody leave the building and give your passports to the lift man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sir Charles, but that's my considered opinion. You must be mistaken. Have a care, Mr. Parsons, have a care. The name is Bishop Hexel. Well, consider yourself reduced to the ranks, then. <laughs> you must have made an error in your investigation. Sir Charles, I regard that as a slur on my professional reputation. I can only say again that in my opinion, none of your board has been in touch with any rival concern. Well, somebody has sold us up the river. Well, actually, I must admit I didn't investigate out you, Sir Charles. Oh, you're determined to dice with it, aren't you? Now, look here, Mr. Curate, Vicar, whatever your blaster name is. If none of the board has blown the gap, how do you account for the fact that our rivals have the polystumor formula? Coincidence? <laughs> That's a brilliant word, Mr. Dean, but it's something I never believe in. The name is Bishop, actually. Oh, well, stop lying about it. Nobody else is. Even if a Christian name is Archie. Oh, funnily enough. I thought it would be. <laughs> now then, Archie Bishop. What's your next move? My job is over, Sir Charles. Oh, no, it's not. I still don't know how these gum-chewing idiots pinched our polystumor formula. Well, they haven't, have they? Plasti stuff isn't quite the same thing. Near enough. 
They've only changed it sufficiently to dodge being clobbered for infringing our patent. Well, then, I don't uh, really see what else they can do. Oh, do me nut for a start. It can't just be a fluke. Somebody in this organization must have given the polystumer formula to American Chemical Industries, Inc. Well, the only other possibility is a past employee. Um, excuse me, Sir Charles. I, uh, uh, <laughs> peekaboo. You can come in, Edith. I'm not behind the door this time. I'm behind my desk. Come in, come in. Thank goodness. But watch your pants upon on the way out. <laughs> What's gone for a chop this time? Well, Mr. Holroyd's on the phone, sir. Holroyd? Holroyd? That rings a tiny tinkle. Yes, he used to be on the board, sir, until you sacked him about a month ago. Then he joined American Chemical Industries, I think. Hmm. I think I want to crawl into a quiet corner somewhere and write rude words on the wainscot in indelible ink. Oh, just a moment, Sir Charles. You've got no evidence that it was Mr. Olroyd who gave away your company's formula. Oh, yes, I have. I've met the nasty, oily, slimy little twit. Are you going to speak to him, Sir Charles? I certainly am, but not on the telephone. It might melt. Tell the revolting little mess to come round here and see me this afternoon. And if he hasn't got an answer, I'll have him plasty stuffed with polystumor. <laughs> Uh, this way, Stanley. Uh, put it over here in front of Sir Charles's desk. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What's happening here? Stanley's going to erect this sample polystumer tent for you. He's not, you know. I can't have an office full of tent. It's <laughs> ridiculous. In any case, I was thrown out of the scouts years ago. What for? <laughs> <laughs> Ask the girl guys. <laughs> Should have known. Anyway, you've got to have this tent put up because I've arranged to show it to the Russian trade representative later. It's a sample we've had rushed through. Well, then rush it out again. I mean, I've got Oliver Allroyd due here any minute. Now, look here, you two. I don't want to be difficult, do I? With this flipping tent's heavy, isn't it? Do I put the perishable up or down, I? Yes. No. Put the beastly thing up, Stanley. What, on me own? Yes. <laughs> Frankly, I rather doubt if Sir Charles is in the mood to give you a hand. <laughs> Odd, isn't it? I can remember when I was under the impression that I was the managing director and chairman and that my decisions were final. Excuse me, Sir Charles. Move over or you'll get a tent peg through your trotters. Has anybody got an hammer? He's gone potty. He can't drive tent pegs into my polished parquet. I wasn't going to, was I? Just a few holes in your carpet should be enough to hold the thing up temporarily. Frank, if you have any love for your dear old dad, get this raving lunatic out of here. It's all right, father. Never mind the guy rope, Stanley. Just put the tent pole up and, and that'll do. Suit yourself. But it'll look all floppy, won't it? Of course it will. Take it away and burn it. Uh, no. It took me a long time to persuade the Russian trade jet to come here to see it, so up she goes, Stanley. And no more arguments. Very good, Mr. Don't Blake. go. Stop. Look, me. look at the blasted thing. It's enormous. You could hold a dance in it. Nobody's going to take me seriously with a thing like that stuck up in my office. Excuse me, Sir Charles. Hello, you going on your holidays? Couldn't you have found a prettier spot? Oh, I see. It started. It's, it's uh, just for a demonstration, Edith. Demonstration? Good heavens. Whatever is he going to get up to in there? I am... <laughs> I am probably going to kick Stanley to bits. Now, what do you want, Edith? Mr. Holroyd's here with his secretary, sir. Oh, Lord, when he sees this lot, he'll have hysterics. And for once, I shan't blame him. 
Hop it, Stanley. And uh, show the others in, please, Edith. See if you can squeeze them in. We'll be nearer the mark. Certainly, sir. This way, please. Thank you very much, Mrs. Chuck. Good heavens. Olympia. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't blame me. It was Frank's stupid idea. Really? Well, of course, I know we all need a holiday, but couldn't you have found a prettier place? <laughs> oh, that's going to be the funny one for the day, isn't it? Everybody is going to say it. And I'm going to get madder and madder and madder and madder until I tear the beastly thing to shreds with my bare hands. You can't tear polished tumor. Then I'll put my spurs on. <laughs> Sit down, all right. Uh, very kind to Charles, but in case you had noticed, all the chairs seem to be inside the tent. Oh, dear, it never stops, does it? Perch on the edge of my desk or something. Thanks. I'd like to introduce you to my secretary, Miss Hertzheimer. Hi. Who is? I haven't had a drink of... Oh, I see. Oh, how, how, how do you do? Now, isn't that quaint? How do you do? It's just so English. Gee, you're the greatest. You're the greatest. Not this morning, I'm not, I assure you. <laughs> this damn tent thing here, I feel like a red coat at some ghastly holiday camp. Or red face, definitely. That'll do, that'll do. Now, look here, Holroyd, as I understand it, your company has also found the moment. Which obviously infringes our patents. Father, if you want us to hear you, stop walking around the other side of the tent. Well, I'll say that for polystumer. It's the only thing I know that can make Sir Charles inaudible. Sir Charles inaudible? I thought his name was Sir Charles Polystumer. <laughs> they all of a sudden get up one morning, don't they, and say, I know, let's drive him stark staring potty. <laughs> Let's fill his office full of tent and raving idiots. If I may say so, Charles. No, you may not. It's all right. I haven't finished having my lump of chat yet. I want to know how you explain the fact that American Chemical Industries, Inc. have produced plastic stuff which is practically a copy of our polished tumour, bearing in mind that you were once a member of our board of directors. That's what I like, the subtle approach. <laughs> Sir Charles, you dismissed me from the board of British United Plastics. There are some days when I make the right decision. <laughs> Be that as it may, my loyalty is now with my pleasant employers. So I have given them any technical advice that I can. In other words, you knocked off the formula. Charming of you, Mr. Holroyd. But you, you can't do this to the old country. Where's your patriotism? Does the Union Jack mean nothing to you at all? <laughs> what about poor old Harold? <laughs> and Jim? <laughs> Barbara? Forget Uncle Sam, dismiss him from your mind. Let us have the contract with the Russians for these ghastly tents. If, if, if you think of nothing else, think of George Brown's pension. <laughs> You can't let the mother country down now. For £10,000 a year and perks, I can. Oh, how mercenary can you get? All right, that's it. The gubs are off. It's a fight to the death and may British United Plastics and me win. If I may say so, Mr. Holroyd, I don't know how at this point, but I have a feeling I know who will win. I wouldn't be so sure, Mr. Frank. Being an American company, our expenses are not limited. And I took the Russian trade representative out to lunch today, gave him a car for his wife, I'm fairly confident that we shall win the order. Well, we could have given him a bite, couldn't we? <laughs> Sandwiches and a bit of eel pie. We don't deal that way, Oliver Allroyd. You may sneer. In your case, easily. <laughs> but I think this is where you are going to regret sacking me from the board, Sir Charles. 
Once they've seen our plastic-stuffed tent and realised how much cheaper it is than yours, we shall get the contract. Mm, I wonder when the next Apollo mission is. <laughs> Perhaps you could persuade them to leave him on the moon instead of a flag. <laughs> That whole roid should be broken up into tiny, tiny bits and bung through a mincer. A rusty mincer. Now, calm down, Father. Calm down. I got an office full of tent and a fair chance of losing an order for 500,000 horrors like it. Hello. Sir Charles Tenty. Oh, I... Mr. Stokes from Whitehall on the line, sir. Oh, I'm going to get them all, aren't I? Hello. Stokes here, old man. I just thought I should warn you. The PM insists that as we have a share in your company, you must get this Russian order for the tents. Must we? He feels it could lead to great things for the old country. Put it back on its feet and all that. What's he got in mind? A general election or something? <laughs> Hardly. No, it seems that if we can sell the Red Army these, um, these agricultural outhouses, there's a very good chance that we might be able to sell them mobile homes. Mobile homes? What the hell are they? Tanks? Who talked? <laughs> Go away, Stokes. I've got work to do, even if you haven't. Oh, excuse me, Sir Charles. The Russian trade representative. Heads down, chaps. This is it. Show him in. Show him in. Perhaps if we unzip the tent flap, there might be a bit more room. This way, please, sir. Um, a comrade or something. Most kind. Greetings from the people's glorious workers. Ah, <laughs> oh, you are going on your holiday. Couldn't you have found a prettier spot? <laughs> Which is uh, Sir Charles Polistumer? He is, roughly. Boniface is the name, actually. I thought you might like to see our Polistumer tent, so I had one erected in my office for you. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's his idea. Of course, if we don't sell the blooming things, it'll be mine again. Now, uh, shut. Now, Mr. Uh, comrade, um... Igor Grasinov. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that's his name, I think. That's his... Oh, yes, uh, this, it's a polystumer tent. As you can see, there's room for a whisk drive or an incredibly intimate game of polo. Uh, we accept. You have the contract. Uh, no, before you decide, we, we, we really should... Pardon? We buy the tents from you, please. Here is contract. Oh, just a minute. What happened to the American rubbish? Have you seen their plastic stuff nonsense? Ah, uh, completely useless for our requirements. <laughs> Not that we're complaining, but uh, we understood that their tents were similar and uh, and a lot cheaper. Possibly, but no use to us. Mr. Uh, Allrood uh, has told us that uh, with their formula they cannot make plastic stuff in a red. <laughs> Clang. Why not? <laughs> As you have had the sense to make yours in red, we award you the contract. Long live Lenin. Good luck. <laughs> well, you know best. <clears throat> Excuse me a moment, will you, Comrade Igor, what the rest of the sneeze was? Have you, have you told American Chemical Industries, Inc., of your decision? Yep. Ah, wacko, I'm going to enjoy this. Edith, get the managing director of American Chemical Industries, Inc. I want a bit of a giggle. Very good, sir. Here is the contract, Comrade Sir Charles. You put your handle here. Oh, oh, I do, do I? There you are. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh... Gesundheit. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hello, is that you, J.G.? This is Sir Charles Boniface. Uh, just to let you know that we have the contract for these Russian tents that your Mr. Holroyd was trying to negotiate. <laughs> very kind, thank you. Now you know why we sacked the horrible little twit. Goodbye. <laughs>
Oh, I did enjoy that. Now then, Igor, stuff it up your thingamabob. Uh, I am now going to demonstrate to you, you understand me, how these tents work. They're all a bit deaf foreigners, aren't they? Demonstration of how to stick yourself in the tent. You just unzip the flap here to get in. And then you zip it up again. Then you are completely... Oi, oi, Frank, oi! How do you want to zip the blasted thing? There's no way out, I'm trapped! <laughs> uh, let me see you down to your car, comrade. My father seems to have left us for a moment. Don't let me out, someone! I can't stay here for the rest of me puff! Let me out! Hello, Coggins, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Anybody out there? This is an emergency! <laughs> Edwards, Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl have been taking orders in the big business lark written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Mr. Stokes was played by Alexander John, Debbie his secretary by Elizabeth Morgan and Igor by Nigel Graham. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. <laughs> <laughs>